Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Over the summer, we had chatted with Guy Tripp from SoCal Diesel, and there were a series of questions that we had you guys give us. We did an Instagram story, and you guys gave us a list of what you wanted to know about LB7s, L5Ps, LMLs, just tons of different Duramax questions. And he was really gracious, gave up his time, and was able to sit down with us and answer those and help educate us and, and our fans on things that they're working on, what are some weak points, fixes, and things that they can do if you have a Duramax engine and are you know, using it for work, towing, daily driving, or a full-blown race vehicle. There's a lot of Duramax trucks that compete in UCC that are running their engines in other places all over the country. Well, after that episode, we had gotten more feedback, and especially on the L5P. And you guys had wanted to know more about that engine, what made it so different than the other Duramax engines, and what kind of products are out there now? What what issues do they solve, or what do they allow someone to do if you want to build a race vehicle? Or maybe it's a daily driver. Maybe it's a truck you use for work. You know, you're driving all over the country or just towing with it day in and day out. And, you know, if you break something or want to improve, you know, a certain aspect of the truck, what can SoCal Diesel do to help you? So we're really excited to have Guy back on the podcast today. We're going to ask him these questions. There's going to be a bunch of things that, that we're going to cover, probably get sidetracked a little bit. But if there's any specific questions that you guys have, if you're getting ready to start a build in the middle of a build or just want to know more, go to SoCalDiesel.com. You'll find the phone number. You can give the guys a call or you can send them an email. And they're more than happy to chat with you and learn more about your project, your truck, your goals for it, and then what they can do to help you attain and, and achieve those goals. All right, let's get to the podcast with Guy and talking about L5Ps. Guy, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today. We had a lot of fun on your last episode where we were talking about the Duramax engines and then looking into the L5P a bit. And I wanted to, to chat with you today and and see what you guys are going on you know, in the shop, what kind of new things you're working on, how the, the L5P stuff is kind of shaking out. Thank you, Patrick. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, well, as everybody knows, uh, GM released the L5P engine, and so that's been, uh, that's been a primary focus of ours now for the last uh, few months is uh, making sure we've got uh, proper components ready for when we get uh, started on hot rod anything. It seems like it's – there's a – I think with all of the newer trucks, they've they've done so much with, you know, the styling and the way that they look and the technology that that is in them. And you know, if if you're a GM fan and and you have you know an LBZ or LMM or LML or something like that, your eye is definitely you know always went to the L5P. You know, for the styling, the power, everything that it has. And I think especially now, you know, owners are looking to modify them or, or they're doing different things with them. And we come into that kind of realm where all right what's gonna what's gonna break in the engine what are the weak points what are the strengths and i really wanted to, to chat about that for a bit and 
and ask you, you know, what have you guys seen as weak points and what kind of products or, or things are you guys working on to be able to address those? You know, technology is, is amazing. Um, I, even a technophile such as myself, I, I never cease to be amazed on what's possible. Uh, and, and when we think back to the LB7 days um, and the kind of power they were making and, and what they would do with a tune, and then you look at what we're getting from the L5P without any modifications at all, you know, it's absolutely amazing um, what GM has done with this platform. And, and I think there's more left in it, you know, moving forward. But, you know, fundamentally what it comes down to is, is airflow uh, and fuel flow through the motor. We've got a given ratio of air and fuel that we've got to get through the motor, and um, we improve the airflow, improve the fuel flow, and then it comes back to strength, um, the strength of the components in the engine. You know, what, uh, how are the pistons, the rods, uh, studs, head studs, main studs, crankshafts, you know, how is that stuff able to withstand the additional cylinder pressure that comes from the additional airflow and fuel flow? Was there a lot of, I don't want to say crossover, because I know it's an entirely a different engine, but were there things where you could look at, say, an LML or an LMM or LBZ, and you see basically where aftermarket parts could be used in the L5P, or is it just you have to start basically from, you know, the 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 ground floor and just build everything you know, basically from scratch um yeah there are some crossovers um you know we look at each platform unto its own so um through the lb7s through the lml's you know there was a lot of crossover stuff there were some minor differences but um once you got into the the strength aspect of it um you know rods pistons crankshafts a lot of that stuff uh, would carry over where the l5p uh, is probably the biggest deviation from the Duramax platform that we've seen so far. You know, we have unique crankshaft, um, unique camshafts, unique lifters, unique cylinder heads, unique rods, unique pistons. Uh, it's really a huge deviation. And, of course, uh, that's what we've been looking at. You know, those are the things that we've been working on. Uh, you know, currently we have, you know, camshafts available, um, push rods available, uh, billet flex plates, uh, harmonic dampers. Um, ported cylinder heads. Um, that was really interesting to look at the platform of the of the cylinder head and see what was a, what was available there for us to improve. Um, stage one and stage two ported cylinder heads, you know, make a huge difference. What this motor is really lacking is airflow overall. You know, the camshaft and the cylinder head um, really needed some work uh, to bring it up to even the specs uh, of what we had before. Um, so as you look at the dynograph of the L5P, you can see right off the bat that it makes tons and tons of torque, you know, on the bottom end and in the lower RPM range. And then it just kind of goes flat as it moves up into the upper RPM range, and that's really attributed to the airflow side. When would uh, an L5P owner really notice the lack of airflow? Like, would it be, say, at the point of doing an aftermarket turbo? Is that where it really... You know, it's like, okay, now we got to do something with the cylinder heads, the camshaft. Or do they even see it just with tuning? Well, I think they're seeing it right, right off the bat, actually, when you're, looking at, um, when you're looking at the power curve between the previous versions of the engine and the later versions. Um, gobs and gobs of torque. So clearly GM has designed this motor to be a stump puller. Um, so it works really good in the lower RPM range. And then, it, like I said, it just starts to flatten out on the top. Certainly we can force-feed the engine with bigger turbo or a more efficient turbo, uh, but if the camshaft and cylinder head are limiting overall airflow, it doesn't matter 
how much boost, how hard you push the air through, it's just not going to go through. I think I can remember reading some some things on online or social media about guys with L5Ps and they were, you know, they're racing and, and doing the performance side of it. And it would really come up with larger single turbos where they would struggle because of the factory cylinder head design. And so it's really interesting to, to hear what you guys have done on that end. So for the competition guys that are out there and using this platform, how they can accommodate that or improve it to be able to run some of those, you know, say like S400 frame chargers and, and different setups that they have. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, S400 has been a very popular charger on the previous version Duramaxes, and it was interesting to see uh, in the beginning people were really quick to switch over to that one and found out that, uh, that they couldn't really get, get it to spool. They couldn't get the S400 uh, charger to spool on the L5Ps. Um, and as we started to look into, you know, again, camshaft and cylinder head uh, designs, uh, we could certainly see that. You know, there's, there's an old saying, at least around here at Ocal Diesel, you know, the laws of physics don't change. Um, they're constant throughout the universe. The only place the laws of physics change are in the sales department and advertising. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> the uh, you know, cylinder heads, it, it, it's a really interesting topic. I know our listeners like to hear about them because it's there's so much that goes into it, and it, it can be really complex for you know, the everyday truck owner or enthusiast to understand it. And we hear these phrases like, well, I've got a ported head or ported heads. And I wanted to ask you with the L5P, what goes into, one, designing the cylinder head upgrades and the porting and all that you guys put into them to get the performance out that you know, your customers are asking you for? Yeah, ported cylinder heads, that's a, that's a term that's you know, thrown around rather, rather loosely, and that could mean anything from um, you know, some guy in his, uh, in his garage with a, with a grinder you know, going in and grinding on cylinder heads to, you know, a company like us that, you know, CNC ports the cylinder heads. And, and actually, you know, in my 40, almost 40 years of cylinder head design, um, that's, that's, still, that's still a topic of discussion, you know, what actually does a ported cylinder head mean? And what we really need to take into consideration is, the, is a few basic facts, you know, the size of the engine, um, the RPM range that it's going to operate in um, will really dictate the size of the valve and the size of the port. And so we start looking at, um, you know, engineering terms like cross-sectional area and uh, so forth that, that will really help us determine the characteristics of that cylinder head. So sometimes people just get carried away and they decide, well, I'm just going to make this larger. I'm going to put the largest valve in and make the port really, really big. And sure, they get a great number on the flow bench. They get a huge peak flow number. But they're failing to take into consideration the velocity, the airspeed through the port, which has a direct effect on throttle response, you know, how quickly that motor will accelerate from the lower RPM up to the upper RPM um, in its usable range. And so those are the things that we look at, you know, primarily, again, as a cylinder head engineer, that's something that I just, I eat, sleep, live, and breathe is cylinder head design. So, um, again, stage one and stage two designs on the L5P, our CNC ported cylinder head, um, we've been able to pick up um, similar gains, um, you know, 35 CFM of airflow on the Stage 1 versions and 75 to 80 CFM on both intake exhaust on the Stage 2 versions. So uh, we're really excited. We're, we're starting to see the results from a lot of customers that uh, are putting those cylinder heads into play right now. And so uh, I think the future for this platform is very exciting. Now, when someone is looking at 
say the stage one or stage two, how would you guide them as to which stage they need? Uh, it really comes down to, again, you know, RPM that they're going to operate the engine in. So um, the stage two is obviously going to have additional airflow. It's going to really flow nicely in the upper RPM range. It's a little bigger than the stage one. Uh, so a guy that's looking for, you know, towing, uh, it's a towing application, uh, and it's a big, heavy truck. Um, stage one, I think, is going to be excellent, an excellent platform for him to use, whereas the guy that maybe doesn't tow as much and his, his truck is more of a hot rod, it's more of a play toy, um, then the stage two is going to be, you know, just a little bit softer on the bottom, but, boy, the mid-range and the top end are really going to take off. That's what's so cool about the well, cylinder heads and engines and, and everything that we're talking about is it's not just for one part of the diesel community or the diesel industry. So it's not just racing. There's a lot of the guys who are using their trucks daily, towing, um, just using them for work, using them to make money. And the, the benefits and the research and the development and the production of these parts can be used in a daily driver. And I think that's where a lot of a lot of questions that we see or suggestions for show topics come from is these guys, they do, they love the racing. They love to, you know, see the competitions around the country that are going on, but they have a failure on their truck. And instead of just going back with an OEM component or stock, they're asking the question, well, can I do better? And if so, how does it benefit, you know, either the reliability of my vehicle or the enjoyment of it or, you know, what I can what I can do with it, and basically just to make it a better performing truck. Certainly, yeah, and it really comes down to efficiency. You know, a more efficient running engine is going to be better on the emission side. It's going to be better on the mileage side. It's going to be better on the power uh, the power side. Um, and that's really really what it comes down to is you know can I make my truck more efficient um, for the purposes that I'm using it in. Now on L5Ps, you guys are talking to hundreds and thousands of people all the time that have you know these trucks are there certain common failures that you guys are either seeing on a stock truck or you know, ones that are just you know, mildly modified or what's been the feedback from the owners out there and, and common issues that they may or may not have um it's been a pretty good platform so far i mean obviously the the issues that we've fought in the Duramax platform for years have been, you know, piston failures, obviously cracking or, or burning pistons, and then bending rods and, you know, breaking crankshafts. And, and I think, again, the factory engine is designed for a certain power level or certain cylinder pressure or explosion in the cylinder, if you will. And once you step over that line, well, you know, now you need, you know, stronger components. So uh, the engine in the hot rod side of it is in its infancy. Um, I haven't had an opportunity to see a tremendous amount of failures. Uh, we've got one engine that's on its way into us for evaluation where I believe there was a piston failure. But I think it's just a matter of time as the hot rod community begins to step over the line. You know, um, these components will need to be upgraded, and that's where you know, SoCal Diesel steps in. We, we are prepared. We're ready for the guys when they need them. We have, again, uh, aftermarket pistons, you know, stronger pistons, stronger connecting rods, uh, our billet crankshafts, you know, both a stock stroke and uh, a stroker crank um, for these things. Um, interesting thing, a lot of people probably don't realize that we were the first company to offer a billet crankshaft for the Duramax platform, and that took place back in 2007. Um, I kind of attribute that to our, our marketing failure where 
we've got some really good manufacturing process and really good engineering process, and maybe other companies have better marketing than we do. So uh, we're looking to change that in the future, certainly. Now, what would you say, you know, if someone was looking to have a race truck, race vehicle, it's not going to be their daily driver. What would be the biggest benefit to choosing the L5P platform versus one of the older generations? The biggest benefit would be uh, would be strength. Obviously, the larger diameter um, journals, rod journals, and the crankshaft uh, give the crankshaft uh, more strength. Um, though, with the, our billet crankshaft with those larger rod journals, and then and then a, adding to that, the narrow rod bearing version gives it the strongest, arguably the strongest Duramax crankshaft to date. Um, so. For guys that are really going to take this thing to the nth level, you know, not that we've ever broken one of our billet crankshafts, but that's not to say as the power levels climb higher and higher and higher that we won't. Um, but certainly the, the L5P crankshaft is, is the strongest of its kind. And then they've done a lot to lighten up the valve train as well. You know, the lifters are considerably lighter than what they were. So while the bottom end is quite heavier, crank, odds pistons, it's much heavier rotating and reciprocating mass. Uh, they did lighten up the valve train. Um, so there's some pluses and minuses. I know when we did our last podcast, we had gotten some questions on Instagram for you and you had answered them about crankshafts. And I know it, it's something that I think the guys are really pushing the older generations. That's, you know, they know, hey, I'm going to need aftermarket pistons and rods. But there seemed to be kind of a consensus where it's like, well, what am I going to do about the crankshaft, you know? And obviously at the point of an engine build, you're going to upgrade it. But I think what you mentioned with the L5P just starting out stronger, it, it kind of it gives you more, more room to, to be able to, to grow, you know, with the truck or with the vehicle before say you have to do that maybe you can instead of getting that crankshaft now you're going with the stage two heads or you're going with these other upgrades and so it's very interesting to see how what gm has done with that engine to change it and for the hardcore enthusiasts that are out there that have had lb7s and lbz's and lml's and now they've got an l5p some of those previous challenges aren't necessarily there because of improvements that gm's made certainly and i think gm always has their eye on the aftermarket, um, be it the diesel world, be it the gas world. They're always keeping an eye on what the aftermarket is doing because, you know, pushing these things in, in the racing industry, uh, again, be it a Corvette, a Camaro, or a truck, um, the aftermarket is pushing them, and we're finding solutions um, for the problems that exist in the platform as it's offered by GM. So I think GM Engineering looks very closely at that, certainly with their participation in many different forms of racing. Um, I think that can be shown that it's true. And then they try to incorporate those changes, um, you know, into the future platform. So we look at it uh, very simplistic, right, as in the sales department. Certainly, we try to talk to our customers about, you know, building a cake, right? If you're going to bake a cake, let's make sure the ingredients of the, of the actual cake part are really good. And then you can put the frosting on it at any time and any different kind of frosting that you want, be it chocolate, be it vanilla, be it whatever. Um, and so what I mean by that is if the bottom end is strong, then we don't really have to worry about that. The cake's going to taste good no matter what. Now we can choose what we put on top, be it cylinder heads or turbos or injectors and stuff like that. And that's the L5P platform in a nutshell. I think it really gives us a good platform to build on. That's a really interesting analogy because 
it just looked back to when I was first interested in, in diesel trucks and a lot of people that we hear from talk about it as well as we, we may not, we kind of focus on either what sounds good or what looks good. And that can cause a lot of expensive problems. You know, when, if you haven't, if you haven't handled the foundation of what your build is or what, what you're building your vehicle to achieve or attain, it, it doesn't matter how, how nice, you know, the, the, the cover is on the, on the turbo or the valve covers or whatever it might be. You have to have the right recipe. And then from there, you can do all those other things that you want to do and, and make it look and sound and, and, you know, be something where if you are at an event and people are looking at it, they want to look at the engine bay. But it's, it's just so many stories we've heard from either people who have bought a truck that was modified and it wasn't done right. Or, you know, maybe they made some mistakes when they were doing it the first time. And, and it's, it's really good to know and, and, and interesting as well that, you know, somebody calls into you guys and they say, hey, I've got an L5P or an LB7 or an, an LMM, and this is my goal. You guys are taking them from, you know, with all the experience you guys have, hey, this is, you need to, you need to do this first. Like, you know, you get this, this, this plan set up, you can take this truck to this power level, that power level, and not have to spend money two or three or four times. That's really our biggest challenge, um, again, in in educating the public on what their platform can tolerate reliably for power. Sure, there's lots of guys out on the Internet that, you know, are we call Internet heroes that can go out and make one run at some, you know, drastic horsepower level or some uh, great time on the racetrack, uh, drag racing or, or sled pulling or whatever, but it's not reliable. And I think what most people are looking for is, is efficiency. Again, they want power, but they want reliability. And so being able to identify where those failure points are and relate that back to the customer and say, well, look, you know, this is reliable. This is where you can go with your current platform. Um, there's plenty of companies out there that will sell them all kinds of frosting uh, to spice their engine, but if they step over the line, um, then they, they have a failure in the bottom end, and that's really tragic because initially they've spent the money in the wrong place. And uh, and it's no fun, you know, when you've got your hot rod sitting at home and it's all tore apart or it's broken because, you know, you stepped over the line that. So, you know, that's that's really what we try to do here is not only, you know, offer the parts to help the customers make the power that they want for their application, but also educate them on where that line is um, so that they don't end up spending needless money time and time again. There was a, a gentleman I had chatted with a while ago, and we were just talking about trucks and and there's a part of this where, yeah, nobody wants to spend money twice or three times on on something that, you know, was a mistake. But there's also an emotional side to it as well because they're, they love the truck or the vehicle. They're passionate about it. And it does involve a lot of money. And the emotional toll of, you know, he had... I think he he didn't really do the research and he ordered parts from different places and took it someplace and had him build the engine and he kept having failures with it. Is that side's not fun either when, you know, you feel like, you know, I've always wanted to race this vehicle and I've invested this money and I made one pass and then I've got to rebuild it again and something went wrong. And that's where experience is incredibly important. And I think for you know, people who are listening and they're getting ready to start a build or, or want to start one, you know, here shortly, 
is you don't hear that side when you're looking online. You don't see it on a website per se. But when you talk to people who have modified their vehicles, have raced them, or just wanted something that performed better, there's there's a lot of, of stories that are like that. And it's it's something I definitely appreciate is, you know, when I can talk with, with you about this and you guys have been doing this for a really long time and you know exactly what goes into this and you guys are enthusiasts, that when somebody comes to you guys, they're not going to have to go through that. And I think that's incredibly important for anyone who's never done a build and is looking to do one is don't just look at the price. You have to look at the entire picture, who is making it, who's helping you through it, and how many times have they done it before? Well, that's certainly true. And again, um, the, I've always said the diesel community is about 10 years behind the gas community as far as different trends and things that are coming up. And and what I've seen the last, you know, four or five years in the diesel community is is the warehouses. You know, the big warehouses are starting to get more and more involved on the diesel side. And um, and while big box warehouses are great, you know, for pricing, there's nobody there to answer a question for you. Um, there's nobody there that can walk you through a build and say, look, you know, you're heading into a situation here where you're setting yourself up for failure. Where, again, here at SoCal Diesel, you know, we're, we're start to finish. You know, not only do we manufacture most of the parts that we put in the engines, or we have a hand in the manufacturers helping them design the parts to our specs, um, we're also doing the machine work, we're building engines, we're testing these things uh, competitively, um, and all of that wrapped in together just, I think, makes us a really great solution for guys that want to upgrade their engines on these things. And, and so much of that just goes back to, I think, a moral obligation for us to you know, make sure we provide the best possible product that we can. Certainly all of us have experienced in our, in our lives something we were really excited about and purchased and then got it or applied that part to our vehicle and again, found out that it really didn't live up to all the claims. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of a core tenant at SoCal Diesel. You know, we make sure that our products, you know, solve problems. They're a great solution. And, and the aim is that the customer is never to be disappointed in anything we do. The, you had mentioned the, the gas industry you know, being ahead of diesel. And I think everyone would agree with that. And I wanted to, to ask you, kind of in a sense to make a prediction but i'm sure you've seen this before in your in your time in the automotive industry is what what do you feel is coming up next what's the next sort of frontier specifically with the duramax the l5p that you know you guys are are looking at and saying hey this is this is something that's going to come up we're going to be proactive we're going to do this research development engineering we're going to have this ready to go for what you know these enthusiasts these truck owners are going to need here you know coming up either quickly or a year from now or or whatever may be on the horizon well you know that's always a a tricky question we don't want to uh we don't want to give too much away there's a lot of our competitors out there that are listening to these podcasts and but certainly have to get the jump on us onto products that we've been researching and developing um, you know, R&D has two meanings in the automotive industry. There's research and develop, and there's rob and duplicate. Uh, some yeah. people actually even duplicate them well, but most not all are just trying to undercut our pricing. Um, but fundamentally, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing here is, that's going to be available come January is, is the billet crankshafts. Um, those are the things that we're really excited about getting into the hands of the racers, you know, both the stroker version and the stock stroke version. Um, everything else that we've talked about, 
you know, head studs, main studs, water bypass kits, you know, ported cylinder heads, camshafts, all that stuff is, is currently available and ready to go. So uh, we're really looking at staying, staying ahead of the curve on that. Um, obviously, it all comes down to three things when you're making power in these things. You've got airflow, you've got fuel flow, and strength. And so we've certainly addressed the airflow side of the L5P. We're working on uh, some products on the fuel flow side of it. And then obviously we've addressed uh, a great amount of items on the strength side. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be great. 2020 is going to be a great year for the L5P. On the, you know, with, with the race season that will you know, be coming up, that always seems to happen. Or, you know, it's like it's the holidays, and then before we know it, the racing you know, is starting. How many guys would you say, or, or how much exposure do you think the L5P is going to have out there at you know some of these larger races or you know, things like ODSS and Ultimate Callout Challenge and there's a bunch of different ones. Are you seeing a lot of guys that are turning to that platform and that's what they're that's what they're going to run next year? Uh, yeah, we're seeing it's a slow migration over. Certainly, there's a lot of guys out there that have a lot of money invested in the earlier platforms and are being very successful, and so migrating over to um, the L5P is a rather expensive endeavor, but I think just like all of the other platforms, you will see guys slowly transition and migrate over uh, to the platform as the other platforms become more and more you know, obsolete. Um, we like to tell the great story of one of our customers that came to us, and he, he basically had a welding truck. You know, it was a truck that he used. It was, a, it was a regular cab dually that he used welding in the oil fields down in Texas on a day-to-day basis, and he started hot-rodding it, and, uh, and that became his, his hot rod and transitioned away from that work truck uh, and eventually became one of the top competitors uh, in the Duramax world uh, with regard to NHRDA and the Super Street class um, with that very truck. I mean, he took that welding truck, found its way out of the oil fields and into the record books. It's, uh, it's quite a story. And so uh, I think that's something. Uh, the competitor's name is Wade Minter, and I think he's done a fantastic job with that. We'll see that happen more and more with the L5Ps. They'll be that guy that has it as a work truck and a daily driver that slowly transitions into it. I don't think we'll see a, a huge amount in 2020 um, in the competition world outside of maybe the work stock uh, aspects of it and, and the lower end. But again, 2020, 2021, those things will start to transition into the upper classes. It seems like it, that's how it happens with a lot of the racers out there is it, it's a work truck that they have and then it transitions into a race vehicle. And I think that's a really good point that you made that just as time goes on and you know, these guys that have, have had these trucks for three years, two or three years, they start to migrate over to, you know, hey, I, I just ordered a 2020 or in the future, hey, I got a 2021. I'm going to use my 2017 and I'm going to, turn that into my race vehicle is is how that happens and it, i'm really excited to see it i i definitely miss the the lb7 lbz and kind of racing days and research and development at, at that time but to be able to see see it with the l5p is is really it's cool because it's it, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast like these these trucks and the technology that they have and what they can do is almost light years different than you know, say like the LB7 and how this, how companies like, like SoCal Diesel, you guys look at the airflow, the fuel flow, the strength, right. And then are able to offer all these upgrades, whether it's individual parts or complete engines 
to be able to meet the power goals or reliability that the people need. Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, we call it the horsepower wars. So there's always somebody that says, hey, my truck can pull that trailer or that sled farther than yours, or hey, my truck's faster at the drag strip than yours. And, uh, and you know, there just becomes a point when um, you have to make a decision on when, whether the vehicle's going to be a, you know, a street-driven vehicle or it's going to be a race vehicle. And uh, for, those, for those guys that are ready to go racing, you know, SoCal Diesel is here to support them. Um, and we like to be ahead of the curve so that we have those, uh, those solutions ready when the customers are ready for them. I'd encourage our listeners to, to follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook because it, I, I see it all the time when you guys are either you know, showcasing a racer, what they just did with something, or showing a part or an engine, and you can stay up to date. You know, so if you have a Duramax and you either need to fix it or want to race it, is you know, following you guys on social media is a great place, and that's where I see what you guys are doing. You know, all, all the time I'm seeing updates and stories and, and things like that. So we, we all appreciate being able to see what you guys are working on and bringing to market and, and look forward to seeing not just what you guys do with the L5P, but also the other Duramax engines and the, the things that you guys do and the racers that are out there, you know, running your engines at UCC and all these other events. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, subscribing to us on, on YouTube and this podcast and, and social media is a great way to stay informed. Um, you know, we'll send out, we'll try to send out a monthly email blast to kind of keep everybody informed on it. But, um, yeah, there's lots of exciting new things coming. You know, just, just the past, you know, SoCal Diesel first in the industry to do CNC-ported heads for the Duramax. You know, first with the billet crankshafts, aftermarket connecting rods, billet main caps, uh, main girdles. You know, the list goes on and on of things that SoCal Diesel has pioneered um, and other companies have come in and either duplicated um, and, and offered for sale, but we'll continue to pioneer and we'll continue to build the best parts that we can. Well, I, had, I had a great time chatting with you today, Guy, and the L5P is one of the most popular topics when it comes to GMs that we hear from our listeners that they want to know about. They want to know what parts they can buy or things that are happening to them or upgrades that can be done, and so being able to chat with you about those and go through cylinder heads and, and the crankshaft and just kind of you know speculate a little bit on, on what's coming up with them was was really cool and uh definitely look forward to sitting down with you again and and chatting about some other parts you know of what you guys do and some other things that uh the socal diesel offers the the diesel enthusiasts but uh, appreciate your time today and your expertise as always and it was great chatting with you patrick it was entire my pleasure and uh i look forward to speaking with you again don't forget diesel fans if there's any questions you have about anything guy was talking about with the L5P or any other Duramax engine question, make sure and go over to SoCalDiesel.com. You can find the phone number and email to the guys there and, and let them know, you know what, what you're working on, what, um, what you may need help with, or any questions that you have. They're there to help you and make sure that your project is successful. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.